I think honestly, respect is a huge key to that and not wanting to change the other person, but understand, okay, you are made this way. I'm made this way. I can't be hundred percent that way. You can't be hundred percent my way, but let's try to respect each other's differences and find a way that's healthy for both of us. And in that, I think, you know, makes us more broad, whole, you know, deeper yeah, people. So we're, we're, we don't have it figured out for sure, but we are continuously <laughs> looking at it and honestly, um, keeping like our finger on the pulse of where are we? Cause some seasons he's just going to be more in go mode than other seasons. And I know that. And so, you know, we give each other grace in those places. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA all-star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love or Work podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. We are back again. Back again. We got a great interview Check today. Check it, it. Let's begin. <laughs> right? What are you doing? Do you remember that more, song? More what? rapping. Matt, who was that by? Tag Team. Tag, Tag Team, back, back again. again. Yes. These kids, young there bucks listening are not going to know what you're talking about. Tag. We are. It's We're like a tag team, you and I. Yes, we do do that. Superheroes. Tag team, marriage, and family, and work <laughs> team. Okay. Hey, uh, before we get into the interview today, I do want to put a little shout out to our friend Bethany. Yes, she has a great podcast that people need to check out. Yeah, so uh, our our podcast is part of a great organization called Plywood People. We lead a community of startups doing good, based here in Atlanta, but people use our services all over the nation. And today I want to take one second because we have another podcast that we launched just one month ago, just a little over a month ago, yes. that we're calling The Diversity Gap. That Bethany launched, yes, yeah. within the organization. Yeah, Bethany, um, this is a passion project for her around working with organizations that have a great purpose and desire to diversify their teams and how to bridge that gap of going just from desire to actually making it happen, right? Implementation. Implementation. And so she launched this podcast. So we want to check it out. If you're listening to this one and you enjoy this, you want another podcast that's doing really good stuff, check out The Diversity Gap wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. And then today we have a great episode uh, interviewing our friends, Lindy and Chris Carneal. Uh, they are the founders of Boosterthon, which is basically a school fundraising company, but they raise funds and inspire students through fitness and character programs. All over the nation. They're in they so like many different schools everywhere. Thousand team members. Yeah, now. it's pretty amazing. Impressive. They have just continued to grow and they're helping schools get more money so they can provide more services. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah, very so, fun company. Yeah, so we're going to listen. But they should you should check them out at boosterthon.com. boosterthon.com. Chris and Lindy are awesome. Um we, we this is a little different interview. We learned some unique things about them, right? Yes. Let's so hear it. Three things to be listening for today. Uh number 1, they have a goal for 150 meals. That's all. I'm not going to tell you the details, but 150 meals. Yes. Number 2, Kai Ross moments how to integrate that in your family. And number three, Chris's Life Excel. Guys. Life Excel. You will never, you have never heard this. 
You've never seen. An, Have you ever thought about an Excel spreadsheet for your life? You've never seen an Excel spreadsheet like this. He's coming full in on this one. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. All right. So here we have Lindy and Chris Carneal. Ours are different perspectives of the same story. So you go first and then I'll give mine. <laughs> that's how it all Yeah, that's unusual. Two different always, perspectives of the same always. story. No, ours is so fun. We had the unique opportunity of going to high school together. So we met in eighth grade. We went to a small school, but I we just had different sets of friends. So I don't really remember having a conversation with Chris until our senior year of high school. Um and just so happened, we both were looking at the same college and interested in the same college, um, not choosing it together, but, you know, the, the road was being paved for us. So then we graduated, just didn't really think about it. Weren't really that good of friends at all, just kind of acquaintances. And then um, ended up at college in Alabama and um, became best friends. My favorite part of our story is that we became truly best friends before we started dating, which I, you know, you talk to people and they fall in love and they're playing the game and they're figuring it out. Then they figure out how to become friends and how to be Mm -hmm. authentic and vulnerable and trust each other. Well, we were able to do all that at the beginning um, without the, you know, all the other things kind of surrounding you when you're starting a relationship. So dated for three years and then got married right after we graduated. That is 100% true, and it's, it's uh, exactly how it happened. The only thing I would add to that is um, I remember the first day of eighth grade when Lindy's locker was next to mine, <laughs> and I didn't have the courage. I, I probably said hello briefly as a little shy eighth grader or whatever I was, but uh, I remember finding out that day that she was from Kentucky and had moved to South Florida from Kentucky, where my parents were from. So, and I was immediately, I mean, every eighth grade boy – always notices the most beautiful girl, right? Or especially the new girl, or when the new girl is the most beautiful girl. So she immediately got my attention. First one second, locker next to mine, which is ironic because now we have, we have four kids. We'll get to that, I'm sure, a little bit, but our oldest is in eighth grade. So you better believe three weeks ago, <laughs> I followed my eighth grader into school <laughs> to make sure I knew whose locker was next to hers uh, and took a picture because they oh, noticed. I took a picture. She was like, oh, "Dad, yeah. stop!" Oh, she's so embarrassed. I lingered there for a little bit, and just scoped out <laughs> the guys, and and I got it. So I got it. Uh, and literally later that day, school ends. My dad and I go to the baseball field, and uh, hey, how was the first day of school, Dad? I met the most beautiful girl I've ever seen, and she's from Kentucky. So boom, parents like you know, like wow, okay, what's her name? Her name's Lindy. She's gorgeous. It is true that she doesn't remember talking to me. This is a small private school we went to until senior year, even though there were like 47 guys in our – 100 people, 47 guys in our senior class. But I completely remember Lindy all the way through. It's a good thing to wait to the right time, right? Yes. So, but wait, you went – so there was the whole time through college and this best friend thing, there was never – this idea of dating and like romance. We became really great friends our freshman year of college. Like right. the first and, month and of school. Like yeah. just new eyes and hey, we yeah. you know, 
the summer after our freshman year was when we started dating. Okay. And then we dated the next three years of college. So oh, all okay. of the spring yeah. semester of freshman year, almost all of our friends were like, are you guys dating? What's going on? I'm like, no, we just hang out till 2 a.m. at Waffle House. And that was, the, <laughs> we just, you know, study together, hang out together, have adventures together. It's, it's really true. We feel like it was a total, blood. we were like best friends. Hmm. We had the history of high school, but we were just different people for years later. Yeah. And that friendship foundation was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, To add to it, the next chapter of that book, pre-dating, I remember that my my, didn't have a car. My mom picked me up from Birmingham to drive. We drove home freshman year for summer. And I remember my mom said, all right, so what's new? Tell me about you've been hanging out with this girl, Lindy, a lot. No, we're just friends. I said, but I'm going to marry her. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You're dating? Yeah, I I missed this. No, we're not dating yet. I kind of don't want to mess it up. So friends, but you knew you were going to get married. At that last month of college, I just knew that she was going to be my wife. Wow. That's amazing. So now you've been married how many years and you have multiple kids, right? It'll be 17 years this summer. And we have four kids. Four kids. Ages 14, 12, 8, and 6. Wow. So I want to go back to after college. I mean, you started Booster, was that right away? Mm-hmm. It was, yep. Um, started dating after freshman year, got engaged after junior year. I had the idea junior year, and then we had our first school client. We serve schools and host fitness fundraisers for, for schools all over the country. But the very first one uh, was Lindy and I doing a lot of it together. She certainly heard of the idea and was, was there the very first ever fun run, pouring water for, for kids and helping me mark laps and whatever I did over 17 years ago. So that was uh, the very first one in April of 2002. And then we got married uh, in July, 2002. So I want you guys to share a little bit. I'm curious. I mean, 17 years marriage, 17 years running a business. I'm sure there was some years that were like amazing and some years that were not specifically related to how this business impacted your family. Right. I'd love to hear a couple of times when when you guys were wrestling through that and, and how you tried to impact or how, how to balance those two things. Well, thankfully, which I think this is cool that when he was thinking of the idea for our company, we were already planning on getting married. So it wasn't like a, he had this idea and then we met later in life and it came together. So in the very beginning stages, it was kind of, we knew we were doing this thing together. Hmm. Um, so I think it helped buy-in on both sides. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, we're, this is something that we're going to do together. Not, you know, you're going this way, I'm going that way. And so it was kind of all in, all hands on deck. And right after we got married, Chris went to graduate school. And, you know, it was just, how can we get a few more schools? And we were traveling all over the place. So looking over 17 years of our marriage and our work being very connected and, you know, in the first five years, there was no off time. Hmm. There was no go to the office and come home. It was constant and continuous. So we were learning how to be married. We were learning how to, what marriage looks like separated from us working together pretty much 17 hours a day. Um, Cause that was all kind of mixed up at the beginning and all kind of, you know, a part of it. It worked because we knew each other so well, knew each other's family. We had high school though, not close friends, memories, friends, community, uh, you know, let's go home for Christmas and Thanksgiving was the same geographic location, family, you know, we, all of that was in common, 
beliefs were in common and we didn't really have careers. We just graduated. We were doing it together. So I don't know if intertwining all of that might is the healthiest for everybody or the healthiest, maybe even in a different season. But in that season, we didn't really have any options and we kind of loved it. I mean, hmm. we, we work really well together and we learned that quickly that this works. We work well together. Yeah. I, we hear other people's stories of, oh man, my wife and I, it's best when we're, you know, don't work together. For us, it's best the closer we are, hmm. the better we are. And that was a tough season when we had our first child, now 14, Grace. Uh, when I went off to work and you stayed home with Grace was, we had never experienced that, that you know, and that we, was, we were always together. Not hard and like it was a wrestle for um, the roles we were playing, but more how do we stay... We, we had never had to learn how to stay connected and communicate when you don't see each other all day, every day. Mm. And so that was why that was a, I more than anything wanted to be a mother and I, you know, take that role super high and find a lot of impact and um, fulfillment in that. So it was like exciting opportunity for me, but at the same time, it was like, what do you mean? You had a phone call today and I didn't, I didn't know about it, you know, so right. I just had to relearn how to communicate not just being next to each other every day. Hmm. So you guys are pretty intentional in raising these kids. I think that's one thing that we love about you guys. Hmm. I would love for you guys to share some of those things that is just like high priority intentionality that you, things you do, experiences, all of that. Uh, one of the things I was going to say a minute ago that I think plays into all of those is that Lindy and I complement each other extremely well. We're so aligned on values and worldview, but very complementary in terms of personality. Uh, not perfect. And I mean, I, I, I often have to, we have to work at being complementary at times when I'm in super go mode, maybe, or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever my strength might be that sometimes I turn up the volume too loud and her voice isn't heard enough. I have to work on, work on that often. Um, listening to my, complimentary life partner. Um, when, when I listen is usually when I get the best wisdom. Uh, so whether that's parenting or business or, or marriage, um, when you might have to work on speaking a little louder at times, I've got to work on speaking a little bit less, but when we are working best together, life just seems to work better and we're, we're more fulfilled and we're more successful in whatever we're doing, parenting included. Um, intentionality, uh, is a word we use a lot in our home uh, not necessarily balance, not necessarily, uh, you know, best practices, but let's just be intentional. Let's see what's coming. How can we maximize um, whatever it is ahead of us, whether it's tonight with all four kids in different directions and what we're going to do on a Friday night, the weekends, family vacations, work, we um, see things coming and we like to talk about and prepare and plan for them. So I think, I think intentionality, Andy Crouch actually told me once that intentionality might be the secret to life. Uh, what's coming up? What's the purpose of it? Let's have conversations before it happens. Let's be proactive. That doesn't always mean like I'm learning, uh, you know, be type A and have to lead it. Maybe it's this weekend coming up or this month coming up. We just need to rest more or we need to be still more, be home more, but not being caught off guard and being proactive, uh, is certainly a strategy we, we often use in parenting and really all of life. Any thoughts on intentionality? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when we first got started, we were joined together on the mission of what our work looked like. Um, and then when we started talking about a family and what that could be, I feel like we were really 
fun and join together on what that's going to look like is doing it together. And, um, you know, at first when your kids are little, it's pretty much, you, you can't not be intentional when you have a baby They're you know, demanding all your time. Yes. Yes. But as they've gotten older, um, I think we just, like you said, we see things coming. We realize that the time is not forever. And we're so big on not wanting to miss those moments. And although we might be tired or it might be inconvenient to what, you know, the outside world might think, you know, it's important to go on a 12 hour bus ride with your daughter to hit, you know, uh, Orlando. Cause that's what her grade is doing. Like just sign up for those things. Like we see the intentionality in that of being present and being around, um, you know, being involved with our friends, kids, our, our kids, friends, just being, I think intentional. We see that there is impact in moments and, um, while they're still young enough to want to be with us, we want to make those moments as fun and, um, you know, memorable and impactful for us as a family. So I, I want to ask you though, you, I know that you guys like create moments too. Like you, you proactively go, what are some of the moments we're going to do as a family this year? How do you go about doing that? Yeah. I talk about this often. You're right. We are very proactive in creating them. Uh, we call them Kairos moments. There's a, uh, in the Greek language, they don't have just one word for time. They have two words for time. One is chronos, three o'clock, two o'clock, six o'clock, noon. Kairos is this idea of moments that matter. Basically, when you look back on your life or when you look back on last year, I mean, you know, if you ask the audience, hey, 2017, tell me about the year. People would probably name like three to five impactful moments. No one can remember September the 17th. 2017, unless you looked at your calendar. I can't. It's only two years ago. You don't know. But you know, oh, I remember that football game with friends in the fall. I remember the holiday season we shared with family. I remember the summer trip we took. It's usually these experiences around relationships. Something maybe unexpected happens. There's, there's emotions involved, whether it's joy or fear or excitement or unknown. Uh, so we don't try to plan all of it, but we try to plan for it. We try to create space for it great time for it. We work really hard during the year. We love the month of June. We try to take as much time as we can with family in the month of June. Um, we have an Excel spreadsheet. We call it uh, by we, I, but we're always talking about it together. But uh, <laughs> Libby, what do you think about this? Let's Wait, what do it. you call uh, the Excel spreadsheet? It is saved as Life Excel. And it goes through from now, 2019, to where we're both the same age. Uh, till, till, uh, we're 90 years old. So 2070. Okay. It's life Excel. And it, it, it measures. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. If everybody could see Lindy's face right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm like totally in the moment. Let's just have eye to eye conversation. Exactly. And I'm, here we are. 20. Yeah. I'm living my life backwards. Uh, but I, I'm, we can create more moments to be in the moment when we know that life is fleeting and it moves quick. We, we both turn 40 next spring, which is just crazy to say. I feel like we're, we're young at heart and like, how do we have a 14 year old? We just had her. This is moving quickly. Well, you know, if you get your, your mind a little bit around time, people are always surprised by it. I mean, we literally, I've got an app on my phone and this is a snapshot of the Excel that I look at. I still look at the Excel every day, but it, it, it's called T zero. There's a hundred different apps to do this, but We've been married 17 years and 68 days. So it marks how long we've been married. Uh, 
we turned 40. I turned 40 in 208 days. And then our daughter graduates high school in four years and 254 days. That's it. The clock's ticking. We've had her under our roof for 14 years. And in less than five, she's gone to college. What's that app called? It's called T zero. T zero. You to do it. Okay. Here, so wait. Before so wait, we still hang on. we, we you still jumped don't over know the Excel a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we still don't know what's in this Excel. So in two thousand forty-three, we're best when we when she pushes me more in the moment and I push her a little bit more to the future, and we're both aware that both timeframes exist, and we need to uh, you know to be thoughtful and intentional of both. So. The Excel, to your to your point, yeah. uh, it records our ages, the ages of our kids. It even guesses and presupposes grandkids and their ages. And it just <laughs> runs on the x-axis. Oh, I know that's no God. pressure on your children on that. You know, I, but we're always adjusting it. It's mainly okay. more for like trips or summer, the opportunities for summer and spring breaks that we want to expose our kids to before yep. they're gone. Gotcha. So we're always planning different places and experiences, places we want to go, experiences we want, our, we want to have and want our kids to have. Uh, what are maybe different countries we want to go to? So we talked about years ago, it would be amazing to take our kids to Africa. So last summer, 2018, we were able to do that. But we put that on the Excel, the Life Excel probably eight years ago. And we moved it around a couple of years. This year, the youngest is not old enough, but unless you just kind of pencil something, it's not written in stone, but unless you pencil it in, it's amazing how many things don't happen unless you pencil it in. It feels a little bit more like a bucket list. Like, hey, yeah. over the course of the years ahead, these are things we want to do to introduce to our kids. And yeah. and maybe even as a couple, that this is something we want to do together. I personally want to achieve something by this time in my life. I'm guessing there's things like that all throughout. That's what it is. It's a bucket list with dates hmm. that runs till we're 90. <laughs> Hang on. So as a follow-up to that, though, if there's people that are listening that have a similar relational dynamic where one person has constant wants to go, 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 and one person, not that they don't want to go, but they want to maybe slow down at times or they want to stop and think about the whole thing. How have you guys wrestled through that as a couple? You just defined our marriage very well just then. So, <laughs> um, I'll say it's been a process hmm. and that's probably more on me just discovering more who I am and um, just the way I, my makeup is, my personality. Uh, I would say that has been more of a forefront conversation even in the last two years since our youngest started school because I realized I had a little more space and margin. And then I kind of could, like, I'm such an in the moment person. I could lift my head up a little bit and be like, wait a minute, I'm exhausted. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so tired. We're running so fast. So I think honestly, respect is a huge key to that and not wanting to change the other person, but understand, okay, you are made this way. I'm made this way. I can't be 100% that way. You can't be 100% my way. But let's try to respect each other's differences and find a way that's healthy for both of us. And in that, I think, you know, makes us more broad, whole, you know, deeper Holistic. Yeah, people. So we're, we're, we don't have it figured out for sure, but we are continuously <laughs> looking at it and honestly um, keeping like our finger on the pulse of where are we? Because some seasons he's just going to be more in go mode than other seasons. And I know that. And so, you know, we give each other grace in those places. That was my incredibly loving, kind wife's way of saying, your exhausting pace the last 20 years is probably not sustainable for everybody. It might not even be sustainable for you. You're just unaware of it yet. 
or oh, at the moment. Interesting. Wow. How'd you take that? She's always so gracious and kind in the way in which I, I know that I just am born with a faster pace and capacity than most. That it's not doesn't mean it's right. It's just it's just the way I'm wired. And when I move quick and wake up early and run late and fast, it just seems to be how I do it, but it's not always the healthiest for everybody else to be caught up in the wake of my fast pace. Mm-hmm. It's also not the healthiest for me right. at times. You miss things. Uh, yeah. You know, so know. when I'm, and it, it's, I mean, I'm like super intentional right now in this season to say, let me pause. What did my wife say? She maybe said it as a hint. What do I need to hear? Okay. Do I really have to squeeze in that one more thing or do that activity? Or is it best to just be home and talk. And in doing so, really, this has been our focus the last 90 days, we're not doing a few things we used to do. I have to be intentional to, to not do things. There are spontaneous spaces that happen for relationships and for depth that previously I was unable to notice or capture. So that's the, the there's a lot of goodness in owning your days and being super productive with your calendar. But for me, I was missing... And yes, you got to see it and plan for things. But I was missing the, where's the organic, you know, some friends just stop by. If everything's planned out, you kind of miss that side of of things, which I lean more that way. So I said, can you plan to have openness? (laughs) Things like that happen. So I go on my calendar and I put blocks of time that say personal time, family time, don't schedule. I can't leave it blank. But I put in something that pretty much says leave it blank. So uh, no that's, blank spaces. That's, that's for us. That's one of the many glories and enjoyments of marriage. That differences, if you're open to it, if you respect and love one another, can be far better for you being on the receiving end of someone that might be slightly different in personality and makes you better. Because all of our kids are not wired like me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Have you felt like there's been an impact, or that you're seeing that? especially through your kids. Like, I feel like sometimes my kids just look at me and they're like, we're tired, mom. And I'm like, oh, like, that's my bad right there. You know, yep. um, is that, has that been, mo- there have been moments like that for you? A hundred percent. I think w- one of our four is wired like me, which in her, I can even see, hey, you're going kind of quick. Wait a minute. She learned this from me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. The other three are wired, at least in this category, more like Lindy. So I mean, you know, yesterday come home with the kids. Hey, I need to go run to this thing for, I was going to, in my mind, going to be there for an hour and a half. It was a three hour event, you know, 20 minutes in, we're talking about impacting and spending time with other people's kids as part of the event. And I, I left and texted me and said, tell the kids I'll be home in five minutes. Like I got it. I was there for 15 minutes. I just need to be home and, and be with them. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot I'm sure behind that, but yeah. I think the, everyone loves the energy. Chris, that's cool. Like, oh, yeah. he's just, you know, a ball of fun. And he is. Um, but I know that our all, other three and our oldest as well really feel loved in just the casual moments of mm-hmm. life, I think. Yep. Um, you know, our mission for at work is change the world. And in our kitchen, I have a sign that says, from uh, Mother Teresa, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that. And just yep. being in the everyday moments with each other, I think the ones that aren't made exactly like Chris feel more settled and 
known even when um, he loves them that way. And I do as well. Yep. It's important to know if anybody's listening to this that's wired like me, uh, I have another Excel that's a goal Excel. So I hear this and I, because I know it's not natural, I need to build a discipline into my life to do it. Wow. So I have a goal. We have a goal of 150 family dinners together. Not all at home. They could be out. They could be on vacation. But like this, this year, year, this year, over the 365 days, and I measure Which weekly. Which gets harder when everybody's in sports, yeah. And yeah. Practices and but it's yeah. a big, it's a big goal. It's one of the top keystone habits this year. So I measure the pace towards that goal weekly, and then we set uh, the schedule accordingly. And I like to hit goals. So if we're behind pace and I know even one of the goals is to just be home or to just have a family dinner, a lot of things happen. That it has to be all six of us there Mm. together, not just, you know, the ones out. So we'll just make it count for the the five. No, it has to be all six. Hmm. Okay. I want to change the, the perspective a little bit. You guys lead this company started literally throwing at the two of you, throwing a fun run. Now there's, hundreds happening every week, probably I'm guessing it's crazy all over the nation. And you have a few hundred employees that are mostly between the ages of probably 22 and 35, I'm guessing majority. Yep. And a lot of these um, millennials are in relationships and starting families and First of all, I'm curious how much marriage counseling you guys do or relationship counseling in the midst of your work. <laughs> Daily. Daily. And what advice, I mean, if there's, if there's somebody in that category right now, they're in their tw- late, you know, late 20s, they're in the first years of relationships, um, partnerships, and thinking about kids, maybe starting kids. What advice do you give these people that are on your team on this topic? Because I'm sure you're getting tons of questions directly from your team. Yeah, well, we so we have teams. There's about a thousand team members now. I, I wish I knew them all. Wow. Uh, nationwide, about 650 full time. Uh, we're in all 50 states, but team members live in 32 states, so they're all over the country. I've seen some trends recently. So this, these are all anything I'd say would be big, broad brush strokes that might not apply. But of our thousand team members, 90% are in their 20s. 90%, and I think 80% are in their early to mid twenties. So, uh, there's definitely a little bit of prolonged teens and some, at least in some major life decisions, it is being delayed a little bit. And some of that's good reasons. Uh, some of that's just how life is in 2019 America. Um, uh, you know, our story, we see less and less of, I mean, we got married, what, what, five weeks after we graduated college at 22, Uh, I think for whatever the reason is, maybe the great recession to security to hang on, you might need to have a secure job, but we did not. We did not have savings for like nine days after the honeymoon. For us, it worked. So some of that's maybe maturity and wisdom of the next generation. Some of it might be uh, a lack of courage. I mean, I don't know. Each individual would have to assess that on their own in some ways. Um, We, I love that we, it's just our story that we've found each other when we did and worked through a lot of that a life and unknowns together. There was not much security and safety nets uh, at all in the early years. We got to build them together, which for us worked out great. Um, but you're saying one of the trends is that people are getting married like later, later. Is that later. What you're- Oh, that's no doubt. Statistically yeah. observe. I mean, you definitely see it. I think some of that is for good, healthy reasons. Yeah. 
that let's figure out what we're doing first. I think some other, I'm, I'm a guy, so I'll only speak to the guys. Some of that is, uh, hey, you know, do you need to date for, I mean, for four years? I mean, this, have some courage and not everyone needs to hear that. But if there's one in the audience that needs to date that's in their early to mid twenties, you know, have some courage. And if this is the, the one you want to marry, let's go. Let's, I mean, you don't have to have all of life figured out. Yeah. It is really fun, really fun to figure out life with your partner. Um, man, uh, good trends that a lot of traditional male roles are now becoming more equal. I certainly see that uh, between male and female. What, what could have been presupposed as a male role or a female role, the, those are, I think the appropriate ones are, you know, blending together. Um, what other trends are you seeing in tw- early well, 20s? I won't speak to trends, but I can speak to the first question that you were asking for people that are maybe in that in-between stage. And um, yeah, I think there is maybe some fear that you see in younger 20s of, um, well, what if, and how do we know, or, you know, just kind of questioning themselves. Um, and there's something to, granted, you need to think through marriage. You don't just jump into that, but it is a process and it's not all figured out before you begin. And that's the way it is for the rest of your life, pretty much, whether that is job, marriage, parenting, um, wherever you're going. And so some of the things that when we got married, I feel like that has helped us is just, you know, you don't ignore issues. You can't just brush things under the rug. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes people just let things go and then they brew and then later it'll turn into these things that you see people and they're unhappy and they're, you know, grumpy with each other. And we just are quick to call things out. If something is there, you know, not, you, you give it a, a minute to you're in the right environment, but um, don't let things stew. just kind of call them out immediately mm-hmm. and um, don't keep secrets. That's always kind of been a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, call things out when you see them and don't keep secrets. And I feel like those two things have stood the test of time mm-hmm. as far as making it yep. a healthy relationship for us to grow in as we keep changing and figuring out um, mm-hmm. who we are. We're not the same that we were 17 years ago, but um, there are a few things like that that we can go back to that, you know, keep us, keep us connected and keep us strong. We have a great marriage council we've been to for different parts of the past decade, and that's been extremely helpful. It's, and it's, I, it's more of like a life counselor that I talk about things or you talk about things in front of our spouse. So it's not just focused on marriage, but here's where we are in life right now. And here's something that came up at work or parenting or friends or relationships. Or, and obviously, when you're married, anything that happens in your life, uh, any domino affects your, your spouse. So that's been very helpful. I think the stigma of uh, maybe at least guys going to counselors that maybe existed 20 years ago. I mean, most of my good friends have a counselor or go to whether it's a therapist, a counselor or whatever at some point and find it very, very helpful. So um, definitely recommend the right counselor. I'm sure some are great, but ours is fantastic. All right, we're going to move into another little, uh, another topic. You guys, I feel like, are also pretty intentional with community um, and relationships. We've heard a lot about this, but how do you think that that has played a role in your marriage um, and then even with your kids? I think it's huge. We always say that we are just so blessed to have 
the friendships and the community that we have. Um, I just, I can't imagine being anywhere else and having the type of people around us that, um, you know, it is anytime you want a healthy, thriving relationship, you got to be vulnerable and authentic with one another. And um, sometimes that can be scary, but I think to get the most and the greatest benefit from the people around you is just to go all in and let them see, you know, your stuff. And um, out of that comes trust and reliance on one another. And so we, I mean, we, I have people that, that are involved in our lives that if I feel like something's going on with us, that I know the guys will go straight to Chris and can talk to him or the girls can, you know, give me encouragement. And the same with our kids' friends. Like I can call their moms like, Hey, did you see this going on with one another? Like there's just a bunch of overlap and that could maybe sound a little small town ish where we didn't grow up in small town. So we don't know exactly what that feels like. But to us, it's like, this is, you just feel kind of protected all around on all sides. Um, and so far I feel like it's just been Huge blessing. Yeah. We're intentional though. You know, I don't know if anybody listening is in startup mode. We were in startup business and startup life mode and startup marriage mode and startup kid mode all at the same time. Mm-hmm. We really didn't have, at least for the first five years, we didn't have time. We always had acquaintances and of course, good friends from college or high school, but they were kind of in the same season. So we didn't have a ton of double dates, a ton of community. When you have a, you know, a three-year-old, a one-year-old and pregnant with another one and I'm traveling and business is crazy. It, took, it did take a while. It took a long while for us to get here. I it took like. us realizing this season won't be forever and let's be intentional. I mean, I remember sitting down and then we really developed, there's another season where we developed great friendships with coworkers, which in many ways was an indication of the great people we hired. But it, then someone pointed out outside of the work circle, hey, I think like all your friends are from work. Like, well, yeah, we spent a lot of time together. We're building a company and we don't have a ton of time outside of work. So is it just over time, be aware of it. And you might want to complement that with people you love that just don't, don't work for you or don't work with you. There's going to be some, you know, unbalance of power or some, you know, if it's, that's all you. So we were intentional to say, who do we love that we want to be friends with that we want to be like that we don't work with every day. I remember mm. making a list of people like these are great people. Well, let's initiate and let's go after them. Let's ask them on double dates. We're having a double date list. We started a supper club with a group of people and just said, we just want to get to know you all better. Mm -hmm. We feel like our lives are, we can learn from one another. Mm -hmm. Let's just do this. And now we're like six Six years years going with this group. You know, it's just, but we went after them saying, we want you all in our lives. So how can we do this? Yep. Mm -hmm. See them, talk to them every day. Run into two or three. They're all coming over tomorrow night. So that's, that's been extremely, extremely helpful. Find out who you want to be friends with and go, go make friends. I love that. The two of you guys, 17 years, you're staying connected. How do you do that in marriage? How do the two of you consistently choose each other? And um, wh- what practical ways and advice could you give to others um, that live busy, busy lives? You guys got four kids, you're running a business. There's things happening constantly. How do you stay connected together? I think what you just said, and we we have said this before, but consciously choose each other every day. Mm-hmm. You have to make the decision each day. I'm going to choose you today, Chris. And um, it sounds so simple <laughs> and so easy, but if you're not training your mind to go that way, you mm-hmm. can start to slip away from that, you know, and other little things can start to pull your affections and your attention and 
Um, and we don't always do that well each day, but the desire is there that I'm going to choose you today. And I know that he is doing the same thing. So knowing that we're both making that effort that, you know, before all other things, you're, I'm going to choose you first. Yeah. I mean, everyone goes to the basic, that's hundred percent correct. Basically like date nights, but what that really is just time for just you and whatever form that looks like. We had two date nights this week. <laughs> like to have one every couple of weeks, but last Friday night. And then uh, this past Wednesday night, we had two nights, just us, which was just, it was awesome. Um, so listening We're to one another. Ages, but those of you with little kids, the time is coming. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to do that. Different seasons, different seasons. But yes. time, time together, we love it. We love doing things together. I mean, so figuring I out. I think don't take yourself so serious and have fun. And I think that's true for parenting as well. Like be silly in front of your kids and let them see you being silly. I think we we have a great time together because we don't take ourselves too serious and our kids know that. So they can kind of be silly with us as well. I think it, it creates some magic sometimes. Like yeah. it's just really, it's fun. Have fun with each other. Yep. We call the, the season we're in now, we call it the wonder years. Remember that TV show from yeah. a couple of decades ago about a couple of decades, but we literally are like, these are the wonder years right now. Let's not miss it. Let's maximize it. Let's, I mean, we take videos of our kids all the time. Like at the dinner table, like I got a video of these goofy things they're saying. Like the we boys love, are we, in their underwear with like, you know, whatever funny uh, outfits on. It's like, what is, who are we right now? It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun season. We know it won't last forever. Uh, we love being with them. We love hanging out with them. We, I probably say the phrase once a week, like I'm kind of making this up as I go, especially to my oldest. Like, we don't know. We've never been here before. We never had a 14 year old before, you know, yeah. We're making it up. We're not the experts. Yeah. Learning technology with, all, I mean, there's just a lot of things to figure out and bring your kids into it with you. you know. All right. Well, we come to our final question. So do you think it is possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? hundred percent possible. It is possible. You can do it. We're doing it. We love it. It takes effort. It takes conscious uh, decisions and choices and looking ahead, but leaving time to seize the moments that pop up each day. Um, and I think finding the, the personalities of the two of you in your family that are strengths and let you run in the lane of your strength to you know, mm. create that healthiness in your family. Mm. I'd even go so far, Andre, to say you can do any of those three better when you attempt to do all three. When you, when you attempt Explain to have love. And, well, I, I think when you're intentional, say, I want to, what were the three? Change the world, marriage, love. What was it? Parenting. Change the world, stay in love, raise a healthy family. Stay in a healthy family. I, I mean, that's just, it's a, it's a conscious, intentional switch. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the best, healthiest version of myself and bring out the best of others. And if you're that area in one area of life, you're that area and others. I mean, you know, it's, it's when you're, when you're in the zone, like take physically, like I'm going to work out every day. You're probably more diligent at work. You're probably also reading. You're probably also a better friend. I mean, the disciplines are kind of muscles that work together. So when you're intentional, say, I want to, I want to be a great husband to my wife. I'm in that same mindset. I'm a better father to my kids. I'm a better boss at work. I'm more intentional in all of life. Hmm. So intentionality might be the, the, you know, the key to all of it, but I think it's like a muscle working out one usually uh, manifest self, strengthens the others. That's right. 
And now it's time for the breakdown. Yes, I really enjoyed this interview. Yeah, you gonna break it down? Yeah, sure. Let's break it down. Uh, I really like, I can tell that Lindy is coming into herself more mm. and finding her voice and seeing her, uh, like knowing more of herself and her wants and her desires mm. that I think um, happens a lot as our kids get older and yeah. are more self-sufficient or are, everybody's off to school. And I feel like I really like hearing that from her that she's trying to speak up a little more and use her voice a little bit more and say like those things that she needs to Chris. Um, and I like Chris that he's listening and I really, it's just, it's really, yeah, you could tell they're cool going into, they're entering into a new season as a couple, which is kind of yeah. cool to watch or mm -hmm. they're in the middle of it, I guess, of yeah. the new season, which is really cool. Uh, Lindy said this statement, just sign up. She was talking about the 12 hour ride to Orlando with her daughter. And she said, sometimes you just got to just sign up for yeah. the things that you might not necessarily want to sign up. And I was thinking about that because Nico has been asking me to do something. I just don't want to do. What? What is this? I don't want to talk about it right now, but I, <laughs> I will say it's challenging me. I'm thinking about it. Do I just, should I just sign up to do this thing with them? Do it. Do it. And I don't even know what it is, but yeah, in the car right on the way back, we're gonna be like, you're gonna be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just this idea that sometimes with your kids, it might not be the thing that you want to do, but it it's creating a memory with the kid, and they want to do it, and so sometimes you just gotta join them in it. Yeah. I love their juxtaposition of him, you know, with his Excel spreadsheet and oh wanting to like create every moment, and then with Lindy like pulling back and being like let's let the moments happen spontaneously. Like the, I love, and the both cool thing, are so important. Yeah. I bet both of them, if you sat down, we were like, tell us the last 10 greatest moments as a family you've had. A portion of them were both. prepared. Yeah. And a portion of them, there's no way they could have prepared. Yeah. So I think that's a really healthy balance they have. And I think it's cool. good for us and for listeners um, to think about like with your own life and your own dynamics, like, First of all, are you planning and intentionally planning things? Yeah. And if you're not, maybe that's an area that you can grow in and start doing more of. Or if you're just an always planner, maybe it's time to to intentionally block out. some time to let things happen. <laughs> to chill. Intentionality. I think if I were to put a theme to this whole thing, intentionality. Yes, for sure. I also like even when Chris was saying like it's not natural for him to do that. So yeah. he has to then blocked off time, block it, but like create habits and build this in because it's not natural for him. Um, and so, which again takes intentionality. I mean, it's like insane how how much it matters. It's so true. Uh, it's funny. Chris plans so many things out, and then he said, um, "I say this every day. I'm kind of making this up as I go." He said that that was a quote he said, which I was like, so he's trying to plan ahead. But the truth is, you can't predict everything. Listen, if you're a parent, you know that you're making it up like as you go. Like nobody, you don't get training for this. Mm -mm. Nobody teaches you how to do this. And yeah. each child is so unique that every experience, you know, even everybody who's listening that might have a 14 year old, your experience might be completely different, you know, so... 
It's dealing with humans. We're now, Andre, all I wanted to learning. Ask you, We're I, all learning. I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the 150 meals goal? I thought that was cool. So you and I have a not great time with spreadsheets. So I don't know if we'd be able to actually track it in our family of the 150. But I think another practical way to say it, for example, would be like three times a week, whatever how many times you want to say, we are all sitting together as a family. I, I think we could track it if we had a chalkboard in the dining room. And it was like, <laughs> and you put a check mark every time we did it. You would it's never like add them up. I would be the guy that had to keep just adding tally, them up. Tally, tally, If you tally. had a tally in the kitchen, I think we would nail it. <laughs> we re- we do really good with tallies, Andre. You, but not so much with spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, I, I, our calendar is very interesting because we have a shared calendar, which we highly recommend to everybody. But then Andre writes the calendar for the week on the chalkboard, and that's what she wants me to pay attention to. No, that's also for the kids to actually look at. Oh, that's for the kids. Yeah, but you too. But when I don't look at it, (laughs) then you get mad at me. But it's interesting. I love the 150 meals. I think there's something... The the thing that I like about it isn't so much about that specific thing. I think that it's interesting to set goals as a family, to proactively go, what are we going to be about this year as a family and try to hit a goal as a family? That's not just on you and I. It'd be for all of us that yeah. we all collectively have to hit that goal. And I think it's kind of cool. But I think it's good to like make those goals up with your kids. Totally. So that you've got the buy-in. Yeah, that would be fun to see what they would want to do as a goal. For as a family. family goal. Yeah, that's Man, a good idea. Chris and Lindy, thank you so much for giving us your time, your energy, your thoughts. I'm sure you have all heard, learned so much from this episode because I felt like we did. I did too. I felt, you know... When I step back and think about it, you know, their personality types are different. But the truth is, like, that's all of our personality types. (laughs) It might not be the same contrast that theirs are. And I think all of us in some way are trying to figure out how to stay connected. I I want the last thought I had on this for them. um, I think it was Lindy said this at the very end. She said, we consciously have to choose each other every day. Consciously choosing each other every day. And if there's anything that you could remember from this interview, if you remembered that, I think it's a win. It's a win. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Lindy and Chris Carneal. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions. 